Right, well, I'm going to start with a confession, something you'll not hear very often from me. I'm excited because well. what has happened this morning has just confirmed to me that what we're about to talk about is not me. It's is actually it? come from up there, well, definitely. I hope so. <laughs> we're in so, trouble if not. <laughs> right. Let's get started. Yeah. Okay. Right. I'm sure that all of you are familiar with that situation in the supermarket where the little kid is pestering his mum with the can I have question. Oh, yes? Yes. Mum, can I have a lolly? And that's the title of this, for this morning. Mum, can I have a lolly? <laughs> Mum, can I have this? Mum, can I have that? It doesn't seem to matter, does it, how many times mum says no. It doesn't matter how many times mum doesn't even answer at all. Or she answers with the word, those famous words, it'll spoil your tea. Well, the question still gets repeated over and over, again and again. And of course, we all know exactly how it's going to end, don't we? Tears and tantrums. And that's just from mum. But I wonder, have you ever asked yourself why the child keeps asking? Well, in those famous words of a very well-known gentleman, I'm glad you asked. <laughs> the kid keeps asking, ultimately, because he or she knows that mum has the ability to provide the required item. The child has complete faith in that fact, and so, in persisting to ask, there is an acknowledgement that mum has the power to provide. It's no different for us grown-ups, is it? When we, as children of God, ask the Father for something, we don't doubt his ability to provide because he doesn't grant our request immediately. So, looking at 1 John 5, verse 14 to 15... And it tells us, this is the confidence we have in approaching God, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have what we have asked of him. Even if it's only a lolly. Yeah, yeah. There are many examples in the Bible where God doesn't answer immediately. And there is always a good reason for this. Invariably, in these situations... The message that comes across very clearly, keep asking, keep praying, keep faith, keep trusting. God will never fail us, but sometimes we need to show our complete faith and trust in him by persisting in our prayers and petitions. Just like the child in the supermarket, God's children need to acknowledge their father's power to provide. Our main scripture this morning is from Ephesians chapter 1, verse 17 to 23. This is taken from Paul's letter to the church in Ephesus. And the passage begins with the words, I keep asking. Okay. Okay, let's read Ephesians 1, verses 17 to 23 together. I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. 
I pray also that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, Amen. the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints, <clears throat> and his incomparably great power for us who believe. That power is like the working of his mighty strength, which he exerted in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly realms, far above all rule and authority, power and dominion, and every title that can be given, not only in the present age, but also in the one to come. And God placed all things under his feet and appointed him to be head over everything for the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills everything in every way. Amen. Yeah. Now, that's not really a difficult passage of writing, is it? Okay, I mean, there's some sentences that are quite long. There's no unusual words, no technical concepts or jargon, no reason why the person of average intelligence shouldn't be able to understand it. True? <laughs> that's false. Well, that is unless I'm not a person of, in, of average intelligence because when Pastor sent us an email recently asking that we read this passage slowly and we reread and meditate upon it, I was confused.com to say the least. No matter how many times I tried to read it, I couldn't get a handle on it. You know when your computer decides to reveal the workings of a programme? It spews out page after page after page of computer code that doesn't contain a single word of proper language. You might understand it, but I don't. <laughs> we don't. Yeah? And this passage might as well have been written in that computer code. I was getting absolutely nowhere until... That word up there. Until. Such an important word. Stand up, step in, stand upon and stay in until yeah it marks a point of change doesn't it the change from the past to something new yeah so i was getting nowhere until mm. until those first three words impacted me i keep asking i wasn't asking why wasn't i asking proverbs 3 verses 5 to 6 tells us Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he will make your path straight. There was the key. As those words entered into me, I was able to enter into them, to take hold of them and begin to work with them. Do you recall a couple of weeks back, pastor described how the veil had two different sides yes. on the outside there are were, there were signs it is, well it's an experience in a way that uh, is similar to what I had um, on the outside there were signs and symbols that were like that computer code they didn't mean anything they were illegible but the word entered into me it allowed me access to the other side of the veil and those words were translated into words that I could understand. Yeah. 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 Now, please, don't misunderstand me. I didn't have a miraculous vision. 
I wasn't caught up into the third heaven. I wasn't even visited by an angel. But a process began that opened my eyes to understand. A process that brought revelation little by little that guided me to helpful texts and even, dare I say it, the internet. <gasps> the internet! Well, God works in wondrous ways. You can't... It, no. God does work in wondrous ways. And I hear all your protests, but you know, he also works in supernaturally natural ways. The devil doesn't have all the good music. It's an old saying. God sings a pretty good song on yes, the internet as well. Yeah. We just need to know the difference. Yeah. We need to be able to discern the truth yeah. from the counterfeit. Yes. To know his voice when he speaks. Now, Proverbs 9, verse 10, tells us that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. And that's exactly what the Apostle Paul says that he keeps asking for that the glorious Father may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. Now, of course, we know that Paul was referring to the Ephesian church here, but we also know that the word's a living word. It's as relevant to us today as it was then. Paul may not be around to pray for us, but we can pray, and we should be praying for ourselves and for one another. If the dream centre is to be effective in bringing in the kingdom, then we need to be corporately singing from the same hymn sheet. We must be worshipping and professing the same God. Not the God of our own tradition, not the God of our own opinion, not the God of our own religion or church denomination. All of those things will contain some truth and some understanding but they'll also contain much error, lots of confusion, and some very big gaps. So, this morning we're looking here at wisdom, revelation, which is knowledge, and understanding. We often think of these three things as much the same thing, don't we? The terms are often used interchangeably. When we say someone is wise, we usually mean he knows a lot. When we describe someone as as knowledgeable, it often means that he understands a lot. And when we say we understand, we usually mean we know what something is about. Yet actually, they are three entirely different qualities. Knowledge is information and facts which are acquired, usually, through education and experience. It's powerful, but it can be misused. Mm. Wisdom is the quality of having good judgment or discernment in the use or application of knowledge. And understanding is the ability to evaluate the choices and decisions that are made in putting your knowledge and wisdom into action. So, I just want to qualify one of the statements I said above. Uh, I want to make it clear that although I refer to revelation as knowledge, it is, of course, a knowledge, but it's a knowledge of spiritual truth that's only acquired through the grace of God. 
We all need the truth to be revealed to us about who God really is. But knowledge alone isn't enough. We need wisdom as well in order to properly apply that knowledge to every aspect of our lives. And that's what the apostle kept asking for. That's what we should be asking for. That's why I'm going to be undertaking authentic discipleship training this year. That's why you should be seriously considering authentic discipleship training too. You know, we are greatly privileged and blessed to have a resource like ADT. We certainly are. Don't miss out on it. (coughs) Prayer alone can and does move God's heart to produce miracles, but prayer often demands our actions as well as our words. I'm a bit bothered about saying the first three words, but Pastor will forgive me for a while. I've just done authentic discipleship training myself, and so I know from personal experience what a difference it can make in so many areas of our lives. Now, I'm not talking about ADT as a sales pitch, though I really do hope that as many of you as possible will take it on board. I make no apologies for talking about it. I'm talking to you about it because I sincerely believe that this is the Lord's prophetic vehicle to equip us with the spirit of wisdom and revelation that Paul keeps asking for on behalf of the Ephesian church and that we are therefore also instructed to keep asking for. Yes, we do need to keep asking and praying for wisdom and revelation, but we must not ignore the provision that God has already set before us. The answer to our prayers and petitions has already been given. It's up to us, and that means you, to enter into that provision. Have you got the courage and the obedience to be challenged by the Father's prophetic word? Are you willing to unlearn in order to relearn? To realign yourselves, your habits, thoughts and actions in order to reflect Jesus in all you do? Do you have the desire to know your God, Father, Son and Holy Spirit in a deeper and more intimate way? If you can honestly answer yes to these challenges, then the foundations for wisdom and revelation are already in place. You will undertake ADT if that's possible, and I know it isn't possible for everyone. And you will begin to build a renewed and re-energized servant, soldier, standard-bearer, and son of the Father and his kingdom. However, please note what I've said. You will begin to build. ADT and the changes you will make are a result are just a beginning. I know that Pastor will agree with that statement and fully endorse it. We must continue, all of us, ADT trained or not, to keep asking that the eyes of our heart may be enlightened. So when Paul prays for this enlightenment for the people, he is asking that the Father will reveal to them at a deep level, a level that will enable them to really know and genuinely understand at the very core of their being, in their hearts and in their souls, the following three truths. What the hope to which we have been called? What are the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints? And what are his incomparably great power for us who believe? 
So we'll have a quick look at some of those things. Well, all of those three things. Starting with the hope to which he has called you, what is it and what does it involve? Within this life, he's called us to be his friends. Well, more than that, mm -hmm. to become his adopted sons, children of God. He has called us to be his ambassadors, to represent him here on earth. He's called us to partner with him in bringing in his kingdom. And then, above all of that, he's called us to live forever in his glorious Whoa. presence. Yeah. Now, knowing this hope to be sure and certain as it is, why should we seek for high position here, now? Why should we suffer loneliness when we know we have this everlasting love and his promise to never leave us? Why should we ever feel worthless when we're called to be sons and daughters of God? Yeah. Yeah. This is why it's so important that we know these things now with absolute certainty at the very core of our being. Yeah. Without this depth of knowledge and certainty, we remain subject to these human frailties. There's so much more that God's called us to. And though we haven't fully entered it all, it waits as in the future, we must embrace this hope now. We must understand this hope now, and we must act upon this hope now. This hope to which we are called must affect the way we live now so that our values, our choices, yeah. and our decisions in the now are the impacted now. by what we know of God's calling. It goes beyond this life. It goes beyond this world. It goes beyond time and infinity. Hey, isn't that fantastic? You and I are real life Buzz Lightyears. Yeah. Yeah. And where, where does our destiny lie? We're going to infinity and beyond. Yeah. Fantastic. Thank you, Lord. A little Buzz Lightyear. I should have put there. Trying to be serious now. So what are the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints? Well, we know that there is a glorious, rich inheritance awaiting us, don't we? A lasting inheritance, incorruptible and perfect. It's an inheritance that won't fade away or be used up. An inheritance to be enjoyed in perfect health and in the presence of God the Father, Son and Holy Ghost, together with the whole company of saints and the angels. But that's only one side of this inheritance our inheritance in God. He wants us to know that God has an inheritance in us, the saints. Can you really believe that? The almighty God, creator of heaven and earth, considers himself richer because of our faith, our love, and our worship. He rescues poor sinners like you and me and makes them his inheritance. Let's not forget that that inheritance comes through a death. It is obtained through somebody's death. God's inheritance was secured through the death of his beloved son, Jesus. No less than that was our inheritance. Christ died that we might be saved and have eternal life. Christ died that the Father might inherit his own people. Just think for a moment what a price that was. What a cost that the Father and the Son were willing to pay to secure you as God's glorious inheritance. Knowing that, 
Can you fail to understand how really, really precious you are to him? So the third truth, what is his incomparably great power for us who believe? I'm going to start with a question. Do you ever doubt? Honesty corner. Honesty corner, as Phil would say. Honesty corner. Do you ever doubt? Yeah. Yeah. I lived for years comforting myself with a phrase that I heard at the beginning of my Christian life. Johnny Erickson people of a certain generation may remember her. <laughs> Johnny Erickson was a young American girl who had a diving accident which left her paralyzed. But she yes, became she a very influential media figure in Christian circles. That was after a movie was made about her and her Christian faith. She also recorded at least one mm-hmm. album, wrote books, and became a popular Christian speaker. And the phrase that she used, um, referred to having the faith to doubt and yet believe. Yeah. Now, I had many doubts. Am I really a Christian? Mm. Am I good enough? Am I strong enough to overcome sin, temptation and the devil? (laughs) Do I really have salvation and eternal life? You name it, I probably doubted it. Well, and if we are truly honest with ourselves, we all have times when we have doubts of one sort or another. And that's why Paul prayed that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened about God's incomparably great power for us who believe. He wants us to know with absolute certainty, with no room for doubt, exactly what that power is capable of. So, what is it capable of? Well, it's the power that created everything that is, that ever was, and that ever will be. It's the power that raised Christ from the dead. It's the power that restored Christ to his heavenly home and seated him at the right hand of the Father. It's the power that exalted Christ above all other authority, power, and dominion. It's the power that raised Christ above all other titles throughout the ages. And it's the power that appointed Christ to be head over all things for the church. And who are the church? But those whom he has called out. The body whom Paul calls the fullness of Christ. That's me and that's you. And that is the power of Almighty God that's working for me and for you. That's working in me and in you. So, I don't know how we're doing for time, but in conclusion, we need to believe these things in faith. We need to know these things in truth. We need to understand these things with certainty. And we need to apply these things with wisdom. For this reason, we must keep asking. We must keep asking that God may give us the spirit of wisdom and revelation. We must keep asking that the eyes of our hearts may be enlightened. And finally, we must keep asking 
because this is a vital key to our entering into all that God wants to pour out to us in this time of open heaven. Oh, amen. Yeah? <laughs> yeah. Matthew 7, verse 7, closing remark, it says, Ask, Ask and, it and it will be, be given, given to you. you. Seek, Seek, and you, you will, will find. find. Knock, Knock, and the door, and the door will be opened open to you. you. Amen. Bring it on, Lord. On. Amen. 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 It's encouraging. Just, just the Ephesians. Let me just add something. Not take anything yeah. away from what they've said. Just add something. It's so important that we keep asking. You know, if everything is received by faith, but faith is not only just believing, but by keep asking. And um, as they've read out to us this morning, I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ. It's important that we... That we connect well with the God of our Lord Jesus Christ. Let me say that again. It's important that we connect well with the God of our Lord Jesus Christ. That's the Father. And all that Jesus came to do was to give you a revelation of the Father. Through the Son. It's the Father's plan and purpose. That you must connect well with. You cannot just have just you and Jesus. You must connect with the Father. And as you connect with the Father, you will fall in love with His Son through the Spirit. And I keep asking that the Lord, God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the Spirit. Now watch this in a minute. I'm going to show you something. Give you the Spirit of wisdom revelation so that you may know Him better. I don't need to say anything other than what they've just said, but go to Exodus. Go to, something to Exodus, sorry, my mistake. Ezekiel. Begins with an E. <laughs> Ezekiel 37. I'm not preaching, I'm just making this comment. Ezekiel 37. So the Lord is going to give us the spirit of wisdom revelation so that we may know him better. Amen? Everybody agree with that? God wants to give you his spirit. Now, we already know that God already has given us his spirit. Yes? But he wants to give us greater revelation and understanding of what God has given us. But the Holy Spirit is the key to us understanding the, 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 the Father and, and the Son. So we must connect. If we're going to connect well with the Father, we must connect with the Holy Spirit. Yes? So then we read here, picking up from verse 11. Then he said to me, Son of man... These are, the whole, these are the bones of the whole house of the dream center. It doesn't say dream center, it says Israel. Well, let's just put ourselves in there for a second without being irreverent. Verse 11, chapter 37 of Ezekiel. Then he said to me, son of man, these bones are the house of the dream center. They say our bones are dried up and our hope is gone. So when David says, uh, and he quotes Joni Erickson, I said to me again, David, the way she said it. Faith to believe. Faith to believe. And, uh, no, the faith to doubt. Faith to doubt, even. Believe. Right. Faith to doubt, even though I believe. Yeah. Our hope has gone. See, when your hope has gone, yeah. you have doubt. Yeah. True? Yeah. But you still believe. Yeah. 
but you but you but your percentage of faith is draw is is beginning to dwindle in but you still believe but what percentage you have is beginning to dwindle in and hope is gone we are cut off and that's what you think i'm cut off that's why you must keep on asking because as you keep on asking god supplies to you what you don't have amen therefore prophesy say to them so there's something that needs to be spoken there's something that needs to be spoken and God gives him the words what's to speak. This is what the sovereign Lord says, oh my people. And this is what I believe God wants to do to us. Through you keep asking, through the Holy Spirit, giving you revelation, knowledge and wisdom of the Father's love. This is what God ultimately wants to do. Watch this. I'm going to open up your graves. And I'm going to bring you from them. In other words, the dead places. The places that have no life in them that should have life. The barren, dry places that don't have God and the Holy Spirit yet dwelling in them. God wants the revelation of the Father to permeate and penetrate every dry, barren, dark, dead area in your life. Mm. And this is why God wants you to know him. So that God can reveal to you what's dead in you and still needs to come alive. You see this? And I'll bring you up from that. And I'll bring, watch this. This is what the sovereign law says. I'm going to open up the graves and bring you, bring you up from them. And I will bring you back to the land. There's a land that God wants you to possess. And the first land that God wants to possess is you. And the first land that God wants you to possess is the land in him. Because you can live in Egypt, but Goshen must dwell within you. Why must Goshen? Because there was light in Goshen while there was darkness in Egypt. Are you getting this? Watch this. And I will bring you back to the land of Israel. Then you, you, the dream center, will know that I am the Lord. When I open up your graves and bring you up from them. So as you keep asking, you will know. Can you see this? And I will put my spirit in you. The same spirit that we read in Ephesians is the same spirit he's talking to here. Or about, I should say. Watch this. And you will live. And I will settle you in your own land. Do you know how I interpret that? God will settle you in peace. Peace is a land. Not a piece of land. Land, a peace is a land. That he whose mind or she whose mind is in peace dwells in a fertile land. Yes? And every one of us needs peace. Because when peace is, is taken from our life, we lose every bit, everything we've got. We lose confidence, hope, faith, belief, everything. So it's a land. Why is it a land? Because it's the first place, the first thing the enemy wants to come and destroy. It's the peace within you. And I'll put my spirit in you and you'll live and you'll settle in your, own, in your land. Then you will know. Then you will know. That I, the Lord, have spoken. And I've done this, declares. So therefore, jumping back to the New Testament, I keep asking that God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give us his spirit. Well, he's already told us he's given us his spirit. But this now he's saying dimensions of the spirit is wisdom, revelation, knowledge, understanding, insight. Insight. See, when David first started, he didn't have the insight. And then he saw the word until... That was the doorway that gave him insight 
That also, that was a doorway that, gave, then, that allowed the word to enter into him first. Once it entered into him, it can take him where he wants to lead him. The word must enter into you first. Before you can enter into the word. So you say, well, how is that possible? My heart is open. It hits me like a, like a bolt of lightning. It awakens me. I go, yes. And it's at the yes it enters me. And then I've entered into it. Then understanding, knowledge, revelation, and wisdom comes. But if I go, no, that can't be. How is that so? That's what happened to Zechariah. How will this be? Well, because of that, you're now going to be dumb. But it comes to Mary. How will this be? Since I am a virgin. Ah, it's a different question. The word entered into her so she could enter into the word. It's a different question. So I keep asking the Lord Jesus Christ. That he will give us the spirit of wisdom, revelation, so that I may know him better. That's got to be our pursuit. Our highest calling is to know him better. It's not that you don't know him, that you know him more intimately, deeply, personally. It becomes deeper, more meaningful. Then when you know him at that level, you realize there was a cost. And there is a cost for you to keep going deeper. It's not... It's not something, knowing God deeply is not something you just get through listening to messages. It's not something you get just by coming to church. It's something that, you, it's something that happens as a result of you taking what you learn, what you've received, and taking it in your own life and working it through. See, when God sees that you're working it through privately, individually, God will add. When you don't do anything with anything you've got, why does God need to add? If you're always in crisis, then that, listen, that is a clear indication that you just live from crisis to crisis. God does not want crisis believers. Though there may be times of crisis, that's not the same as a crisis believer. Yeah, a crisis believer who comes and borrows everybody else's strength to get them out of the hole. But they don't want the wisdom to learn how to stay out of the hole. Yes, we all get ourselves in a mess every now and then. But it's my, my ability to go and ask and humble myself. Can you get me out of this hole? Show me how to get it out of my hole. Then you're going to be taught, well, if you're in this hole, let me show you how to stay out of this hole. Well, I don't want to know now. Thank you, Pastor. Thank you. You got me out of the hole. Okay. All right. Sometimes somewhere else, you'll fall in another hole. And when you ring my phone, it won't come back. And you'll think he's ignoring you. You're right. You're absolutely right. Why? Phone calls don't get you out of holes. Principles get you out of holes. It was a principle that got you in a hole. And it'll be a principle that gets you out of a hole. We are trying to help you to stand on your feet. And thank you this morning for, for both ministering. Let's stand to our feet. Thank God we have a God who encourages us to keep asking. You know when someone keeps asking, you say, stop mithering me. But that's not our God. Our God says, don't mither me, petition me. There's a difference. Petition me. And how do we petition? We come boldly before the throne of grace. Asking him for what we need. Why? Because that's our position. Our position is above the snake line. Yeah, the snake line. 
We are far seated far above principalities, powers, rulers, dominions in the heavenly places. We are seated far above that nonsense. Amen. So, Father, I thank you for the word. Thank you for the word that's come to our hearts today, the presence that you've given us. You told us about your love, your peace, perfect love that cast out all fear. And that's why we know, Lord, we have a stronger God. And we can become strong in God because we have a stronger God. Oh, Father, we love you. We thank you for what you're doing in our midst. I thank you, oh God, that this morning you've, you've allowed us to step in and not look at you no longer from afar. But you're bringing us near. And everyone made the vow this morning. Hold on to that vow and do everything it takes. Keep asking the Lord, God of our Lord Jesus Christ, to give you. Take a, take a step back for a second and say, what do I need him to give to me? What do I really, really need to know him better? And when you take that, when you take that perspective, what do I really need? What does my life really lack? To know him better, then you can come before him and say, Father, this is what I perceive. I need to know you better. Help me, Father, in these areas. Don't shift. Don't deviate. Don't be moved away until you feel a breakthrough come to you in these areas. Start with what you have, with what you know and what you've received. And work from that place. Don't try and understand things that are way beyond you. Ascertain what you need. Say, Holy Spirit, guide me in this. Show me what I need. And I will begin to petition you in those areas, Father. And you will make your way clear to me at some point, the more I keep petitioning you. Thank you, Father. Keep us safe until we meet again. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.